Good almost afternoon, black family. Sadat coming at you. Waking up late. Got the new content from the preppers warning. It's about 12, 13 minutes. See what he's talking about. All right, guys, it is Full Spectrum Survival, the only guy that brings you the news from his bug out vehicle. We are looking right now at one of the largest events that our world has ever seen, and that is the threat of a multinational nuclear conflict together with a biological and a chemical aspect. The United States State Department has issued a worldwide caution for all U.S. citizens across our entire planet. The Chinese and the Russian military chiefs are out in the open right now saying that it is the United States that is the agent of global instability. They are giving a warning to the rest of the world at the Beijing military forum where Russia's defense minister threatened grave or deathly final consequences to the United States over Western countries' involvement in the war in Ukraine and the war in the Middle East. Now, according to their alerts, we need to be on guard for a global event. This is the quote. The Western line of steady escalation of the conflict with Russia carries the threat of a direct military clash between nuclear powers, which is fraught with catastrophic consequences. Now, according to Russia's state-run news agency, he made these remarks at the Beijing Forum, China's annual international military summit. This is where the country's second-ranking military official also made a threat against the United States of America. They said that some countries deliberately create turbulence and interfere with other countries' internal affairs, speaking of the USA. He said, referring to the USA, that we will deepen our strategic relationship between China and Russia, and are willing to, on the basis of mutual respect, peacefully coexist in a win-win cooperation to develop military ties. Now, this forum hosts more than 100 different countries, they have said that a second battlefield for Russia and the United States is on the table. Typically, it's hosted by China's defense minister, but it kicked off without, uh, without that individual. Now, there has been right now the Taiwan issue. China says that Taiwan is a core interest. They said that countries must not deliberately provoke other nations on sensitive issues and that if it comes down to using force to take back Taiwan, it will be the start of the world's largest event in the South China Sea. They say, as we look across the world today, there are hotspot issues that are rising one after the other. Remember, these are direct military quotes reiterating what we are telling you here every single day on this channel. Again, brought to you by Full Spectrum Survival. In the back of our bug out van, which I hope that you guys are going to get to see a lot more of very soon, China says the pain of war, the pain of chaos, and the pain of turmoil, together with a loss of life, are at risk of playing out. He said some countries, for fear that the world may stabilize, deliberately create turmoil, interfere in regional issues, interfere in countries' internal affairs, and instigate color revolutions. China says behind the scenes, the USA hands out knives and thinks of nothing of provoking people into wars, ensuring that it's the USA that will benefit from their chaos. Now, I'm not going to say he's wrong. Are you going to say he's wrong? 
This is the game that is at play and has been for decades. The World War II, some would say, never, ever ended. It just changed. And so it became less of an everyman's war to a banker's war. And what they're doing right now is we, they spent decades of bankers at war and wealth wars, oil wars, uh, you know, uh, precious metal wars. They have purposefully kept all of these countries in destitution, despair, and inequality so that they could continue to rob them of their riches so that we could use them here. Again, I'm not, I'm not a pacifist. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just telling you that's the reality. We have to come to terms with it, be, it went from an everyman's war in World War II to a banker's and wealth war for the next couple of decades. And the real threat right now is that they're going to blend a banker's and a wealth war with another everyman's war. People say, is there a risk of draft in the USA? And we have government officials saying, yes, there is. They're always going to, in some way, tell you how bad it is and what's going to happen before it actually does. And I think that as we look at what's happening right now, we can see that they're telling us to get ready without telling us to get ready. How are they doing this? Well, why did they just hire on 80,000 armed government officials for the IRS? That is, in a way, a concern for you and me. Some would say the word threat, some would say the word concern. I'm gonna say concern because that's a concern for the taxpaying law-abiding citizens of the United States of America. Now there's also another condition that is taking place and that is the fact that we are allowing conglomerates, corporations to absolutely rob us. We're allowing other countries to come in and steal our farmland. These other countries are coming in and stealing our homes reselling them to you or renting them out to you at a ridiculous price. And this is just something that we have to start to realize. This is not going to end well for the bankers once the people say, you know what, it's you that has caused my family to be disrupted. Now the PLA, which is the People's Liberation Army of China, a lieutenant there was cited by Chinese state media by saying that a Taiwan war will be a just and legitimate war. And that campaign must move to crush foreign interference. Speaking of the United States of America, Japan, South Korea, the Philippines, and Australia, and any other nation that dares come against China. Now, they have said at, the, uh, at one of their <coughs> military warnings that martial law is a possibility. They have said that the UN Security Council has not accomplished national reunification, and if it continues to act in this way, China will take part and will unify Taiwan with China. They have indicated an inevitability that the PLA will invade Taiwan. They say once the Chinese government is forced to use force to resolve this, it will be a war for reunification. It will be a just and legitimate war that will be supported and participated in by the Chinese people, and it will crush foreign interference. The People's Liberation Army will live up to the expectation and the trust of the people. It will fight bravely under a unified command. It will achieve complete reunification of the motherland with casualties, with minimal losses and with low cost, winning a great victory in the final battle of the PLA's war to achieve complete national reunification. Those are war words. You have to know this. You have to see this and hear it with your eyes. No matter what form of discernment you're using, whether that's earmuffs so you don't have to hear it, 
or whether that's a brain that sees where this is going, you have to realize that they are all telling you to get ready. They say right there, this is going to be a people's war. So just a couple of minutes ago, when I told you that this went from an everyman war in World War II to a banker's war for the next couple of decades, now back to an everyman's war, you better get your behind ready to be drafted. You better get your behind ready to do what you need to do if your wife and your children are drafted. You have to be ready for that social calamity that will wave across the USA, drowning people in social chaos because people are not going to go quietly into the night on this one, folks. Look at what happened when they told people to stay home from work. There were robberies and there were riots and there was unrest and there were people shooting each other. We're already at a heightened level of chaos. Now we introduce the, the uncertainty that you might get called off to go fight in a hybrid fourth, fifth dimensional war from the banks. Oh, hell no. People are not going to be okay with that. Do you think I'm okay with that? Are you okay with that? And so what's actually going to happen? That's what we need to start really concerning ourselves with is what's that next stage? What's really going to happen to us? Now, right now, in other news, we see that Canada has sent special forces over to Israel. We have learned from multiple sources, uh, uh, direct knowledge of the mission, that they have sent the JTF-2 task force, Canada's most elite and secretive military special force unit over there. They said the immediate task force enables them to draw on JTF-2 uh, and other units to accomplish new missions. <sighs> Guys, if there's any time to be concerned about global events, it's right now because these global events are going to reach back and touch us here in our country. From your supply problems that are about to hit, to your inflation that's about to keep going up, to your people uh, you know, arguing in the streets, to your road rage incidents, to not being safe when you go to the grocery store, to making sure that your kids are safe at school. You need a plan for everything. And so I'm warning you right now. All these guys are warning all of us, right? But I'm warning you right now. You need to start writing down a plan. A what if and then. You know, if you're a, if you're a programmer, you understand if and then. It's a conditional situation. So if this happens, if if user input equals X, then this happens, and you have something else that tr gets triggered by user input hitting X. And so here in our real world, you need an if and then then plan. And so if there's riots in my state, then I do this. That needs to be further gone into with if. There is riots in my county, then I do this. If there's riots in my city, then I do this. If there's riots in my street, then I do this. Not just riots and unrest. If there's a supply problem and I can't have access to food or I start having limited access to food, then I make these purchases. Because it's during those times, and I'm not giving you any financial advice, I'm not giving you any advice at all, really just be prepared. But it's during those times where a person who maybe doesn't have access to cash, fluid cash, they say, okay, well, it would be better then for me to go ahead and make a 100 know, pound rice purchase on a credit card. Those are one of those times where you would want to put into consideration that type of availability. If you can't, if you have absolutely no way to do that, your then needs to be, what can I sell to make sure I have food? <clears throat> is it, uh, you know, things you don't need around the house? Is it clothes? Is it garage sailing? Is it thrifting? Are there things you can buy and sell for more? Can you make crafts and start selling those on the weekend? 
That's what time it is. That's where we're at. This place is going to a real dark, fiery realm in a handbasket, and all of our friends are in there with us. We are about to get rocked. Make sure you're watching every day, Full Spectrum Survival, only on YouTube. We bring you headlines from America and from around the world, sometimes from our studio, sometimes from our bug out band. We're also going to be doing overnights, things like that. <clears throat> close by, of course, because given the climate of what's happening, I'm not going to be doing a lot of traveling. I'm going to stay close within a, you know, a, a, a nice and close area of operation to my home. Stay safe, everyone, and good luck. Well, like it's going to be a shit show. All right, Black family. Family and fellow soldiers. Next is the professor. Family and fellow soldiers, I'm the professor, and this is the moment of truth. The theme for this week's morning briefings is going to be focusing on ourselves. You've heard of the 48 laws of power? Well, I'm going to give you four or five laws of weakness. First of all, consuming entertainment without reason. When the Roman Empire degenerated into an unabashed debauched sewer, one of the ways the Caesars kept the people from going into revolt was bread and circuses. The bread today is junk food, and the circuses are the so-called entertainment and news that the white media produces and pushes upon. Their entertainment is mostly thinly veiled propaganda meant to teach you racial roles and to reinforce ideology that makes you comply with this system instead of resolving to resist it. How many of you watch streaming TV shows? A lot, if not most of you. Have you ever wondered why the shows you watch are so quote-unquote addictive? They even use the word as a tagline in their marketing for their shows. Your new addiction, etc. The white media spends a lot of time and money, and they have put decades into learning how to craft entertainment meant to engage you by mimicking the sophistication of real life. And the people who make this stuff know exactly how valuable it is to the system. That's why you had the writer's strike this summer. The people who come up with this addictive programming and write it, they want their share of the money that it generates. They come up with these story bibles, season-long plot outlines, deep character arcs. These people know exactly what they're doing. And then you have the sports shows, the less said about them, the better. And, of course, the flash and trash content like Love and Hip Hop and Basketball Wives and the Real Housewives of Who Gives a Damn. Oh, yeah, they happen to have degeneracy and distractions and circuses for every taste. Even if you think they look <laughs> highbrow, they got something for you. <laughs> Television shows may be more sophisticated than they've ever been, but the movies are more juvenile than ever. Everything is whiz-bang, computer-generated imagery at the multiplex. And to think, some of you wonder why I don't watch movies or television. Yes, part of it is that I don't see anything that honors and edifies us. But another part of my reason is that I refuse to become addicted to the white media's narratives and images. I limit my contact with their surfaces so that I limit their influence on me. When you look at the TV shows they put on, what kind of messages are they teaching? Most of all of these TV shows revolve around three things, money, sex, and power. That's it. Just an endless loop of people cutting throats to get their hands on money, sleeping with everyone, and doing anything to be in charge. It's all just low-brow, hind-brain kind of stuff. Themes like honor, loyalty, and compassion simply don't show up on your screen. Everyone is out for themselves, and everyone around them are merely obstacles. There's constant double crosses and betrayals, and it's all justified as long as you get the money in the end and hopefully have sex with a few people, including your enemies. 
By the way, that is a very dangerous theme of these shows and movies that the white media puts out. <coughs> characters are having sex, intimate relations, sharing their bodies with people who they're supposed to be in opposition to. For black people, this is genocidal. As Dr. John Henry Clark taught us, sexual politics is a field black people have been willfully ignorant of. Some black people think that if they have sex with someone from the dominant society, that means they fall in love with you. But in reality, it's just recreational for them. They've shown over the course of centuries they can have sex with a black person and then immediately get out of bed and order that black person to be killed. There have even been TV shows that have depicted exactly that scenario, but black people never seem to notice. Now, for the sociopaths who run Hollywood, that's just fine with them because, as we've seen in recent years, most of them are degenerates anyway. So they love that kind of reptile brain stuff. When you see Hollywood putting out movies about serial killers, those are actually power fantasies from the studio executives. Those guys who run Hollywood, they identify with the Freddy Kruegers and the Michael Myers. That's the main reason these avatars of evil never die, no matter what people do to them. That's the reason why for 15 years I've told you that the eyes are the windows to the soul, but the window goes both ways. People can see what's going on inside your mind, but you also are letting things into your mind. We have to be very careful not to let the white media indoctrinate us with their value system, because their value system is sick. Our values are better, but we need media and content that honors our values and helps us to reinforce black empowerment instead of trying to be and do things the way of our oppressors. White supremacy is a group sport, and so is black empowerment. But if we let the white media reinforce that we should all be out for ourselves and not trust other black people, then we will never be able to retake our power, which is exactly what they want. Now, the second form of things that keep you weak are techno gadgets. Before I go any farther, I know some of you had a knee-jerk reaction to that. Let me tell you off top. Obviously, I like and use technology. It's enabled us to become connected and to communicate with speed and efficiency and to do it over a widespread area. There is undoubtedly a lot of good things that have come out of technological advancement, but it's also given us some things we didn't ask for. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's noticed that whenever I go anywhere, and I do mean anywhere, wherever there's other people, I see the exact same thing. Everybody's looking down, constantly. Doesn't matter if it's the grocery store, the DMV, their child's piano recital, at home, the hospital, their car, everyone's looking down at their phones. And I think that's the perfect metaphor for what technology has done to people. It's got them with their heads in the sand, not paying attention to what's going on all around them. Yes, technology has given us many blessings, but it's also given us an equal, if not greater, number of problems, too. The reason you know about me is because of technology. It enables voices like mine to bypass the broadcast and print gatekeepers and go directly to you. And I'm glad for that. But one of my fears is that the non-stop tsunami of content that people are inundated with by technology would make them listen to me or other new black media voices and see us as politically oriented entertainment. To them, it's just another form of media, a way to pass the time with content that they find stimulating and engaging, at least for a few minutes. But for a lot of them, it goes no further than that. And when they're done listening to me, it's off to someone else. And when they finish listening to them, they go seek out something else to listen to or to watch. They want to be constantly engaged. And why is that? Because technology and the people behind it have conditioned them to be that way. What is so important that so many people simply must keep their eyes glued to a tiny screen? The algorithms or programs are offering you more of what you've already watched. That way you never leave YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, or whatever. The digital gadgets of today are basically toys for adults. 
Most black people realize this, but refuse to use the toy as a tool. And when you look at the vast majority of content online featuring black people, it's all dim-witted and contemptible. And that's what most black people have chosen to consume. Sure, a lot of people may be doing legitimate business, but nobody's doing that constantly all the time. Certainly not all of these people we see. Otherwise, they'd be filthy rich, which most of us are not. This is the cost of our fascination with these digital devices. Entertain us, make us laugh, make us cry, make us feel something, however hollow and brief that may be. Do something to divert us. We are amusing ourselves to death. To say nothing of providing these white-owned tech companies with data on your every whim, caprice, habit, and opinion. Here's a bit of information for you. I don't own a cell phone. I never have. It's not because I'm a Luddite. I'm not. Obviously, I've been online making these video essays for a long time, so technology is not something that I find to be off-putting or intimidating. And sure, there may be a kernel of truth to the accusation that Professor Truth doesn't have a cell phone because he's antisocial. Well, it's also because these tech companies like Apple and Google put GPS monitoring apps on their devices. Even things like the television sets that you buy, these so-called smart TVs, or oh, they're smart all right, smart enough to keep track of the things that you watch and to transmit that data back to the manufacturers of those TVs who then sell it to these so-called data brokers. When people talk about the government or unscrupulous corporations monitoring people, they always think of teams of spies and masked men doing wiretaps and eavesdropping like they see in the movies. But which do you think is more efficient and less likely to be spotted? Masked men sneaking into your home and putting a listening device in there? Or if they can get you to buy a device and spy on yourself? You're carrying a digital tether on you. And not only does it tell these white technocrats what it is that you're focusing on at the moment, it also tells them your every move. It can also help them determine who you're meeting with in the real world and they can make some pretty educated guesses as to what it is that you're meeting for. We know these companies work hand in hand with the police. The cops routinely have Facebook or Twitter or whomever turn off live streams whenever the cops are gonna ambush and kill a black person. The government routinely requests information from these tech companies about certain individuals who use their websites or their apps. And these companies comply the vast majority of the time. These tech companies are basically auxiliaries of the government where black people are concerned. They're simply government entities in all but name, certainly in function. I'm not telling you to abandon your digital devices. I'm not silly enough to think that you would. I'm not. But what I am telling you is you didn't make those devices. and You don't actually know what's in them, and you don't actually know how they function. The people who made them, they're not going to tell you, so you need to start looking at those devices the way that the people who made them look at them. I'm telling you to reduce your time with Malcolm said that every time you open a liquor bottle or break the seal on it, that's a government seal you're breaking. And every time you pull out that cell phone, I want you to see it the exact same way. Next thing that keeps you weak is bad food and no exercise. I put both of those together because they're flip sides of the same coin. Nutrition is what keeps us biologically and mentally strong. Exercise is what makes us physically strong. When you eat properly, you think and move better. People who exercise regularly can deal with stress better, too. That doesn't mean you should seek out things that aggravate you. You shouldn't. But it does mean that a person whose BMI is out of whack or who hasn't gotten off the couch since Obama was in office is not in good shape, and they're going to be a hell of a lot less useful to themselves or to black empowerment. Deconditioning is a serious health problem. When you sit too much, when you sleep too much, your metabolism slows down. And in time, simple things like walking a short distance becomes a problem for you. Taking the stairs instead of the elevator becomes daunting. 
Lifting simple things becomes a workout. The best diet in the world is meaningless if you're not using what you eat to keep you physically strong. Likewise, it's impossible to outwork a crappy diet. If you're eating junk food or just things that have too many calories and too many chemicals in them, then you're reducing how effective your exercise is. In the U.S., we live in a Franken-food <laughs> A lot of the stuff that gets sold in the U.S. can't even be sold in Europe because of all the genetically modified stuff that's in it and the chemicals. Other countries think the U.S. is insane. And when you look at the obesity rate here and the number of heart attacks, diabetes, and other maladies that are primarily due to a poor diet or food that's more chemicals than anything else, you see that they're right. But there's also another factory work. Black people are encouraged to have a poor diet, and the basic city works that exist in white areas to encourage exercise are systematically kept out of ours. Food deserts, a lack of parks and recreation areas, or the few we have have little facilities or equipment. It's not impossible to change this on the personal level and to basically decide to get around it on your own, but it's more difficult, and a lot of this is by design. Robert Moses intentionally used his position as a New York City government bureaucrat to build bridges deliberately meant to reduce the ability of black people to move freely about the city. Is anyone so naive as to think that the government officials of today, Robert Moses' successors, are not using their position to do the same things when it comes to public works and that they don't collaborate with their corporate partners to do the same things with the food that we eat? Nothing happens in a vacuum under white supremacy. If you've been practicing sitting instead of walking, it's time to change that. If you've been avoiding the produce section of the store and heading straight for the aisles, it's time to change that too. And stop it with the excuses that the produce is just too expensive. It's nowhere near as expensive as blood pressure medication, diabetes treatments, and hospital stays. And also, it's time to be honest with ourselves about the claim that you don't have time to devote at least 45 minutes a day to walking or hitting the gym. Black people always have times for things that we want to do, but we make excuses for the things we need to do. Bad food and no exercise will make you unhealthy, and a person who is unhealthy is also a person who is weak. Someone who's big and slow is harmless. A person who's lean and strong is dangerous. Your oppressors know that, and so should you. Speaking of things that keep people weak, drugs are also one of the worst forms of vices that you simply can't afford. Every time I talk about marijuana, I always get inundated with a bunch of angry commenters from people who I never hear from at any other time, and they're always groaning and whining that they don't like it when I tell them that marijuana is a form of enslavement and they need to stop. Malcolm told black people about liquor back in the day, and they didn't want to hear it then either. It seems every generation would have to keep relearning the same lesson. Listen, if marijuana was really going to empower you, these white supremacists would have legalized it. And even in the places where it's legal, they still are. Oh, streaming. Hold on. Let me turn this off. How you doing? 